0: Hello and welcome to the BG podcast. My name is AJ Bingham, CEO of Bingham Group. Joining us is Associate Hannah Garcia for a weekly wrap up, a recap, and touching on what's going on in the week ahead. Welcome to the show, Hannah.
1: Good morning, everyone.
0: All right. So let's start off early. Uh, the early voting for the Austin Council runoffs began this week, yesterday, on the 1st. Um, it'll be going through December 9th with election day being runoff election day being on December 13th. We revised our runoff, the Bingham Group runoff guide on Tuesday with the current endorsements. We'll have a link to that in the show notes. And for companies and individuals out there who have business with city of Austin, we are happy to set up a brief uh, run, run or walkthroughs on the candidates and what we know and thoughts, and predictions. Just uh, shoot an email to info at binghamgp.com. Then I'll be in the show notes as well. And um, as well, the city of Austin hosted a candidate forum on Wednesday, the 30th, November 30th, um, featuring all the candidates. We have the archive links of the links of those uh, discussions, in the show notes, and they're also in Spanish. The overall runtime is about two hours, but definitely check that out. If you haven't um, heard or, or known, have, haven't have or known the candidates yet, I think it's really great resource. Uh, switching gears, we had the, second to last Austin Council uh, meeting yesterday. And Hannah, you want to talk about that a little bit? I know you're watching it.
1: Yeah. So they had a, or city council at least, had a pretty crazy day yesterday. Um, They had a really packed agenda. And I think one of the things that has been on everyone's radar is the Austin energy rate um, increase, Mm -hmm. uh, the potential for that rate to increase. And so there was about 27 people in person testifying against the amendment yesterday. And, this is, both, and so, this is both
0: for commercial and uh, residential.
1: Yeah, it's going to affect pretty much everyone. I think mm-hmm. one of the big things based off of just the plan right now is community members really do believe that it's going to affect residents who use less energy right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there was a wide array of people testifying yesterday, you know, there was community members, there was uh, people who, you know, are just struggling to pay rent. There was people that were just, you know, had a lot of kids and were wondering how this is going to affect, you know, the schools and their children at home. Because, you know, there's a big increase of doing uh, homework online now, you know, schools online a lot of the times now. Mm-hmm. So that takes a lot of energy. Um, there was also a lot of, you know, community organizers talking about, you know, what they're expecting the rate increase to be about $15 for all right. residences. On average, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, there was a lot of question about like, okay, so what does that $15 like actually do for a family? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how can that, you know, translate? And so um, I, it did get pretty testy yesterday. I will say there was a lot of, you know, hostility from the community, just the sense that there's a lot of questions like how did this happen? Um, you know, I think one of the things is council has been moving really, really fast. Uh, they're trying to get a lot done.
0: Um, so there was a lot
1: yeah. And there was a lot of work, I think, specifically done with this council over the past, you know, eight years where they got a lot of, you know, plans in place. And I think they really want to see something super tangible. But I think at the end of the day, one of the things they have to realize is their legacy is not necessarily going to be super clear. Um, you know, there's a lot of things they can do that is gonna set the city up for success. And I think if the city's successful in the next 20 years, that's um, indicative of their work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, trying to get an easy win right now is just like not a good idea. And so
0: we went this, right. Of- so with the, with the, with the rate increase, you know, let's unpack that, right. So ultimately what we know is, I mean, we'll pull back. Why are the rates going up? Why is Austin energy asking for a rate increase?
1: So there's a, a gap between revenue and how much money they actually need to run Austin energy.
0: Okay. So they for a rate increase. I mean, Get that. So if, if council chooses not to do the rate increase, what do we, what what was the discussion around that from the, from the dais?
1: So um, they were looking for any type of money to kind of ease that gap. So they don't have to increase rates across the board.
0: And the gap is what?
1: I believe it's about $40 million. Okay. This was, you know, based off of plans that I read a few months back and, Um, You know, it could be more, it could be less, but there's so many factors going into why there's that gap. You know, we had a huge, you know, torrential, like almost world ending storm in Mm -hmm. February 2021. And I think we're still, you know, looking at the effects of that. I think there's a question of, you know, how much did that affect, you know, Texas as a whole and how much did that affect Austin? Another thing is we're not building capacity when we know we're going to need it. We're building capacity when we already are, you know, busting at the seams, hmm. And so I think there's, you know, we're trying to play catch up. Our city's growing way too fast. I mean, not way too fast. It's great that Austin's growing, but, you know, it's it's growing so fast. And the amount of people working in the city, I think, are are stretched to their limits. And, you know, this is they're doing the best they can. But we're kind of in a situation that I think we would have been in even if, you know, we had been managed perfectly.
0: Mm-hmm. So we have this. So we have, you know, let's say we have a significant gap if council chooses not to to fill it fully to do, do the, so the rate increase the proposed rate increase would fill that gap mm-hmm. right if that doesn't happen and i think so again council from the dais yesterday they were looking at some revenue but it wouldn't it would be a, you know a drop but it overall wouldn't wouldn't really do what austin energy's asking to do
1: yeah and they're looking accomplish. more at the community assistant program so expanding cap and you know it's useful but i think there's a lot of community members who you know won't have access to that because you know there's a a million other social you know equity issues at pan too it's like Mm -hmm. how do you access that do you have to go in person do you have to be able to speak english do you have to be able to know about it to even access it Mm -hmm. um you know is it you know you can only apply online it's like this is stuff that like it already takes energy so it's like it's already going to raise their rate already and so it's like I think there's a lot of factors that are, you know, not making that the most equitable and accessible thing. And like, I'm glad it exists, but, you know, only yesterday, this was something that was mentioned on the dais, that only a third of the people eligible to use that are using it. So I think that begs the question of, you know, are that, is that 60% of people not using it because they don't need it? Or is it because they don't know it exists?
0: Mm -hmm. Good question. It's um, so overall. So let's go back to the, to the overall need, right? So if this does, like, the money has to come someplace. Mm-hmm. So if they don't fund it at all, or partially, there's still a gap. And what does that mean in terms of so you know, Austin Energy, unlike most cities in Texas, or like the city of Austin, rather, we have one utility that's Austin Energy for our power, right? It was, mm-hmm. like Houston's a deregulated market. Um, so is the D- Dallas Metro or the Metroplex. What is that so what does that mean, right? So if they don't get what they need to fill their gap, which is for operational service, right? What does that mean for the consumer hypothetically?
1: Well, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like energy right now, the way it works is it's a supply and demand thing. If there's, you know, more demand and the city of Austin doesn't have enough supply rates are going to increase anyways mm-hmm. um, another thing is the city might choose to take that money from a different department or a different Which is, community yeah, program
0: it has to come someplace so it's either yeah. if, if it doesn't come from over just increasing rates in the, in the consumers I mean it could be a federal program but I know we talked well, we, we can mention that too but those that's not a guarantee, right? It's yeah, either yeah. where's the money at? Either from the consumer the customers or residential and commercial or other city departments.
1: Yeah. And this is the the whole the infrastructure. Yeah, the okay. whole infrastructure and energy crisis and issue is something that I think is front of mind for everyone, you know, from local governments to the federal government. You know, we've seen that with the infrastructure bill passing and there's a lot of money, you know, earmarked specifically for stuff like energy, resiliency, hardening grids, um, capacity expansions. And so I think if if that money were to flow tomorrow, you know, we'd be in a better position to, you know, close those gaps and kind of, you know, bridge that gap so we don't have to raise rates, but, you know, we're in a position where we don't even know if the governor is going to accept that money. And mm-hmm. then then it becomes a question of, okay, there's all this money, who's it going to flow to? You know, is it going to be an issue where it's competitive grants that are, you know, cities and counties can then apply to? And then I think if it's competitive grants, a lot of those are going to go to the big cities who have great grant writers. And luckily, Austin is likely going to be one of those. But I think that begs the question, once again, of equity and accessibility for all of Texas.
0: But also, to- at least as relates to Austin and still even, and I agree, I think we've we've been just in the last several years we've been competitive with some of these national grants, but still a timing thing, mm-hmm. right? There's, does you know, even if, if programs are available today and they may very well, we, I don't know off the top of my head, but if they were, that's not something that happens tomorrow, right? That's a process. It's a process you apply. There's a review process. Maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months, but yeah, you know, that's, it's TBD and like, that's not a certainty as raising rates today or, looking at the current budget and where is there, where is their money at and where it can be pulled from. And, you know, yeah. I think it's something, I mean, so right now, so I know, so council, they met late into last night or around 11 or so, and then they're meeting to get into today. So this item got pushed to today as well.
1: Yeah. So they're going to be picking this back up. They heard a lot of community members in opposition, a lot of information from, you know, Austin Energy interveners. And so I think they've got a better idea of what they need to do. Um, there was a big, big, big push to postpone it from the community. So I do think that we might be looking at postponing it because, you know, you have to to understand that this came in response to the fact that Austin Energy did not close the Fayette um, coal plant, which they, they were, you know, supposed to do based off of their 2030 goals. Um, And so they didn't close it due to an issue with um, LCRA who owns the other half of it. And so this kind of came as a closing
0: thing. I mean, I think it was more, it was a council direction too, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. so much, hey we can't close it like we don't it wasn't saying we're not gonna they weren't going against council The city, you <laughs> know it was directive it was just they it practically couldn't do it
1: yeah yeah and so and that was a big big climate goal because that's a huge you know coal use for the city and so When they weren't able to do that, it became a question of, like, are they even going to meet their goals? And I think one of the things that Austin should do is look at what other cities are doing. Because, you know, places like, you know. They do.
0: They do. CSAP does.
1: I think, you know, well it's like we're not the only ones who are having these struggles. And so I think it's a question of, like, you know. maybe updating the plan like every year instead of every two years. And so just to keep on track with the goals and making the goals, you know, maybe longer because, you know, I think there's a lot of moving factors. You know, it's getting more expensive to build huge commercial developments with all this green infrastructure and eco-friendly stuff that they need because um, it's really, really expensive to, you know, fully light and energize a huge building. And so I think they're trying to offset that as well. So they can keep you know the commercial development and all that good stuff going for the city. Um, but they really need to look at, you know, how do they, you know, subsidize through um, federal programs? How do they, you know, maybe potentially purchase um you know renewable energy from a separate utility? You know, I think they need to be looking at stuff like that.
0: Got it. And so I know council, we're recording this right before today's council meeting. So we'll we'll have some updates um, either later today or Monday, depending on when they get out from Hannah. But do you think so? Most likely, you think this this will get postponed. Do you, you, you imagine postponement until council's next, the final meeting of the year, next Thursday on the eighth, or do you think they're going to kick it to the new council? This is your this is your prediction. What do you think?
1: I would hope they would kick it to the new council. I think that's what they should do, and just based off of you know how they want to keep their legacy, mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to get pushed to the next year's council.
0: Mm-hmm. So even then, though, right? So, for, so we have that as the kind of the political part, but practically speaking, so to the new council. The new council, I think, comes back in I don't, like, late January. the 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 hole's still there. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're 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 well into winter at that point, and so I don't know if this really impacts things this year. And hopefully, we have a you know smoother, calmer winter. But it's it's not going away. The mm-hmm. hole's there, no matter how we can. It's is there. So at this point, presumably, we have you know no major events weather events extreme events this this winter you know it's likely something either you know, it could be, could be on the a may bond push and just push it to the voters be smart so it's not a, it's not a vote from council or just going to we're getting the budget season at that point we get, we get past may it's budget cycle season and we will make come there so more to come on that is all speculation informed speculation but we shall see um so turning to corridor compatibility let's make this has been brewing for several. Months. Uh, What's latest there council?
1: Yeah, so they're going to be taking that up today. It was on their yesterday's agenda, but they went ahead and kicked it to today, and so staff is still, you know, against this just because it makes things more complicated than it needs to be. You know, you're getting into really specific, you know, parcels of land saying like, okay, they can build this high because they're on this specific corridor, but this same parcel of land on a specific corridor can only build this high. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, with that kind of, you know, technicalities where they're having to get in and be super nitpicky, um, they just don't have the bandwidth to do that. And um, I think it's great that council or city staff is raising a hand and saying, like, hey, like, don't do this because it's going to make things more inefficient. You know, I, kudos to staff for saying that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're going to be looking at a longer process to get things approved if this does pass. So I'm, I'm really not expecting it to pass with this current council. All
0: right. So postponement, you think?
1: Yeah, uh, right. or at least kicking it to the next year's council. Well,
0: same, yeah. Um, and then last one for our top items is uh, the site plan light. This is a miss- missing middle middle item.
1: Yeah, so that passed, and it was led by Paige Ellis, which I think is really great because she's one of the only renters on the dais, um, and so having that read by a renter renter just made me feel good. I was like, that's great because you know she knows what she's dealing with. She lives in a big you know complex, and so this resolution is going to allow you know triplexes and fourplexes to have the same site plan review, as single family home and duplexes. And it's also going to create this thing called site plan light for developments of five to 16 units. And so this is just going to speed up the process to get us, you know, more units, which we need, and hopefully make them more affordable. And so we're expecting to get that framework for what site plan light is going to look like in June.
0: Excellent. All right. We'll, we'll let you get to, I think council is about to convene for part two of their final or second to last meeting of the year. Hannah, we'll get back to that. Thank you for your time, as always, and your brain. And uh, we'll have part two either up today or or Monday, depending on um, how late it goes today.